Why I'm a Clown by G.K. Chesterton The mass of men have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. Nevertheless, I offer my last dogma defiantly, it is not native to man to be so. Man is more himself, man is more manlike, when joy is the fundamental thing in him, and the grief superficial. Melancholy should be an inoculant interlude, a tender, a fugitive frame of mind. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. Pessimism is at best an emotional half-holiday. Joy is the uproarious labor by which all things live. Yet according to the apparent estate of man, as seen by the pagan or the agnostic, the primary need of human nature can never be fulfilled. Joy ought to be exp expansive, but for the agnostic it must be contracted. It must cling to one corner of the world. Grief ought to be a concentration, but for the agnostic its desolation is spread through an unthinkable eternity. This is what I call being born upside down. The skeptic may truly be said to be topsy-turvy, for his feet are dancing upward in idle ecstasies while his brain is in the abyss. To the modern man, the heavens are actually below the earth. The explanation is simple. He is standing on his head, which is a very weak pedestal to stand on. But when he has found his feet again, he knows it. Christianity satisfies suddenly and perfectly man's ancestral instinct for being the right way up. Satisfies its supremely in this, and that be its creed, joy becomes something gigantic, and sadness becomes special and small. The vault above us is not deaf because the universe is an idiot. The silence is not the heartless silence of an endless and aimless world. Rather, the silence around us is a small and pitiful stillness, like the prompt stillness in a sick room. We are perhaps permitted tragedy as a sort of merciful comedy, because the frantic energy of divine things would knock us down in like a drunken farce. We can take our own tears more lightly than we could take the tremendous levities of the angels. So we, we sit perhaps in a starry chamber of silence while the laughter of the heavens is too loud for us to hear. Joy, which was the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian, and as I close this chaotic volume, I open again the strange small book from which all Christianity came, and I am again haunted by a kind of confirmation. The tremendous figure which fills the Gospels towers in this respect, as in every other, above all the thinkers who ever thought themselves tall. His pathos was natural, almost casual. The Stoics, ancient and modern, were proud of concealing their tears. He never concealed his tears. He showed them plainly on his open face at any daily sight, such as the far side of his native city. Yet he concealed something. Solemn supermen and imperial di diplomatists are proud of restraining their anger. He never restrained his anger. He flung furniture down from the steps of the temple and asked men how they expected to escape the damnation of hell. Yet he restrained something. I say it with reverence. There was in that shattering personality a thread that must be called shyness. There was something that he hid from all men when he went up a mountain to pray. There was something that he covered constantly by abrupt silence or impetuous isolation. There was some one thing that was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth, and I have sometimes fancied that it was his mirth.